This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. A very good evening, good afternoon or good morning wherever you may be right now and welcome to the 23rd episode of the 100% LCFC podcast. This is your host Owen Palmerakin here and it's a massive, massive pleasure to have you all along. In this week's episode, we'll be chatting to former City striker Alan Young and our chief editor, Mr. Phil Holloway, about all things press conferences, injuries, ostriches, and of course the fixtures against Chelsea and Newcastle United. We'll also be chatting about how you can show everyone here at 100% LCFC how good you really are on a football pitch. And that's all coming up in the next 15 minutes right here. Yes, this is the 100% LCFC podcast. So straight to the phones then. A very good evening to our signature guest, Mr. Alan Young. Good evening, sir. Hope you're well. First of all, then, let's talk Chelsea, Alan. A a decent performance for the Foxes, was it not? Yeah, especially in the first half. Um, But my my team, the whole of the game, I think the... The injuries to Rob Hurst and Andy King, they were pretty influential on, into what, how the game um, panned out a bit. We, yeah, we scored a goal when they were still both on the pitch, sorry, when they were both off the pitch, but had Rob Hurst been in at the back and Chelsea got their equaliser, it might not have happened. So, with those two players missing, the manager only had one option at the bench to play in the second half to freshen things up to change a bit of formation or something to try and do something to get something back so in that respect I thought we were a bit unlucky I must admit Chelsea are the best team I've seen in the season they've won that league by a street and deservedly so players but as you say we didn't we didn't um, let ourselves down in no way shape or form and I watched Mourinho and especially John Terry we were singling out our players shake their hands and you could see them 
Regarding the injuries, that was actually my next question. And the city started very well. However, they lost two very influential players in the shape of Andy King and Robert Hoof to injury before the clock had even reached 25 minutes. How much of a blow was that for the Foxes? Well, it's a massive blow. I mean, Andy King's in the form of his life. And Rob Hoof, I mean, Rob Hoof on Saturday against Newcastle United was outstanding. So we've missed him, by the way. We've got to sign him. Get, get a hold of him for next season, wherever we are. But, um, well, we know where we're going to be. <laughs> nearly, nearly a little slip there. Um, no, but the two of them, fantastic. But the, the rest of the team are the same. Every, you know, everyone is contributing to the game. Everybody knows what they've got to do. And it was absolutely fantastic to watch the game. Great atmosphere once again by our supporters. City went ahead just before half-time thanks to a Mark Brighton goal, which was his first for the club. How many City fans do you think were thinking... It was going to be five in a row. This is going to be it. <laughs> well, I think mostly say, most City fans, the hard ones, they'll be saying, yeah, we're going to win and stuff. I think if we, we took a point of the champions elect, then we'd be pleased with that. The big thing that we had to avoid was, I mean, you know, in games like the against the injuries did, you know, and a lack of substitutes and conceding an early goal in the second half. Those kind of things can transpire against you and you might get a bit of a hiding. We didn't. We scored a goal. We scored a very good goal. Okay, we conceded three. Um, but you're playing against one of the best teams in Europe for me. So no disgrace whatsoever. It was a good performance. It was an interesting evening on the field of play, Alan, but a much more interesting one off the pitch, wasn't it, in terms of the Nigel Pearson press conference. Have a little listen to this, Alan. Well, Ian, have you been on holiday for six months? Have you? Have you been away for six months? I'm not quite sure what specific Well, I think you must have been either um, head in the clouds, away on holiday, or reporting on a different team. Because if you don't know that the answer to that question, I think your question is absolutely. Um, Unbelievable! The fact that you do not understand where I'm coming from. If you don't know the answer to that question, then I think you're, you you are, you are an ostrich. Well, your head must be in the sand. Is your head in the sand? Can you? Are you flexible enough to get your head in the sand? My suspicion would be no. I can. You can't. Any, any more questions? Should we wrap it there? You can't. Listen, you've 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 been here often enough for you to ask that question. I think you're either being very very silly, or you're being absolutely stupid. One of the two. Because for you to ask that question, I'm sorry, son, but you are daft. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. You've been in here. You've been here, and I know you have. So don't give that with me. Please, don't give that with me. And I'll smile at you because I can't afford to smile at you. Now, do you want to ask a different question or do you want to ask it differently? Go on. Come on, ask it. Ask it. Or are you not capable? I, I, I just don't know what you... Um, you don't know uh, what... Um, I, don't, I don't know how you've taken that question there. Well, you must be very stupid. I'm sorry. No. 
Did Mr. Pearson almost forget his media training there, or does he simply not care? No, there is a media guy there, but um, if you put him up against some of these seasoned journalists that have been doing this for years and years and years, and, and, and they're very, very good with words, then uh, the press officer, if it's still the same one that when, when I was um, allowed in the press area, um, he's a little bit of a kitten when it comes to stuff like that. He would he, he wouldn't be able to stand up to these journalists. But as for as for Nigel, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. You tell a guy's asking stupid ask well say stupid questions, but you know what, what do you what do you want them to say? They're trying to trip him up. They're trying and and the, I think they're trying to make him look foolish. But he stood his ground. He apologised to the guy. Um, he took all the lads out, I think, for a pre-season lunch of um, ostrich steaks. I've got to ask you, Alan, what did you make of the ostrich rant? I think what Nigel meant was, where have you been all season? You know, you stuck your head in the sand, so you haven't, you, don't you know what's been going on? And here you just turn up whenever you like at certain games. You know, the big-time Charlies at Chelsea are there. I've seen a load of people at that game that would never have gone to it had they not been Chelsea supporters. And, and you can just tell them the arrogance of people and stuff like that. And I think that's what the, the problem was, because the guy, he just turned up for the, for the big matches. He wouldn't have been there for, well, us against, well, us against Newcastle. He certainly wouldn't have been there. So I think Nigel had a point. His terminology might be a wee bit different, a wee bit off the wall. I love the guy. Interesting point that, Youngie. Appreciate your time, and we'll see you next Monday, of course. We're going to go over to Phil now, the 100% LCFC chief editor. Hope you're well, Phil. First of all, then, City, of course, beat Newcastle United on Saturday in what was another great performance by the Foxes. Leonardo Ujoa seemed to come out a different man from his previous outing for City. How much confidence will he have gained from that 36-second opener? Yeah, I mean, he had a great start to the season, didn't he? And then the middle part of the season, he seems to have he's kept plodding away, but... Uh, yeah, the last couple of games he seems to have come back into it, and uh, and you know, uh, as uh, people like Alan Young will tell you, a striker it's all about getting the goal and getting the confidence. And the minute you you bang a goal away, the confidence comes straight back. And and again, you could see see that with Ujoa, you can see it with Vardy as well. The confidence seems to be there. So yeah, I think getting that goal nice and early settled him down, and and the whole the team and the crowd, and uh, it it was onwards and upwards from the thirty seventh second. So. A great start. It was Ujoa's 11th and 12th goal of the season against Newcastle. Reflecting on his season so far, has he been worth the £7 million that City paid for him last summer? Yeah, I should think so. I mean, very much so. Um, you could look at other strikers who cost probably the same and if not a lot more money in the Premier League who haven't returned as many goals as Ujoa has. So I think he's been worth every penny. Um yeah, he really should have had a hat-trick as well on Saturday. He had a chance, a glorious chance, and a crawling goal pulled off a tremendous save. So it would have been lovely to have seen a hat-trick for him. City scored from two set-pieces on Saturday, which has become almost a rarity over the last few seasons. How pleased will Nigel Pearson be that two goals on Saturday did come from set-pieces? Yeah, they, they will be pleased. Uh, again, maybe under the Martin O'Neill era, we were Leicester were always very good from corners and free kicks and set plays. So, and it's one of those things where you think, yeah, practice on the uh, training ground should lead to, you know, some goals throughout the season. So it's it's always great when those things do come off. And, and there's no reason why with practice, 
that that they shouldn't. So yeah, they will be pleased because it's stuff they'll have practiced and practiced and practiced. So they'll be pleased that it's it's paid dividends and got them got them the goals. Of course, the Foxes beat Newcastle United on Saturday, but how frustrating is it from a City fan's point of view that no other results went your way? Uh, a little bit, yes. You've got to just all Leicester can do is is win our own games as best as possible. We've got Southampton next. Obviously, we think that'll be quite tough, but then they've just gone to Sunderland and they didn't play too well there and they lost there. So uh, we'll be, we've just got to concentrate on our games. If we can get something, three points from Southampton, and then I think the Sunderland games I mean, is looking looking massive, where a mustn't lose, I would say, for that one. And then QPR, the last game. Yeah, it's in our, it's, as they keep saying, it is in our hands a bit at the moment, and our, our fixtures on paper do look slightly easier than some of the other teams I would say If City had beaten Hull City in mid-March they would have been sat in 14th place Phil on 36 points does that highlight how tight the league actually is? Very much so very much so I mean let, let's hope we do stay up but whatever happens on the when the QPR game is finished we'll be able to look back through many games this season and go oh if only we'd have scored then if only we'd have picked up points there but there's lots of games like that there's uh, Crystal Palace Burnley at home, that two-all draw. Being 2-1 up away to Everton as well. But likewise, we have come back and, and picked up points late on in games, uh, such as the West Brom game. So it, there is swings and roundabouts, but it is very, very tight. And if only we'd have had a little bit more form in the middle part of the season, we could have been you know, nicely up in mid-table without too much trouble. Looking ahead to the final few games of the season for City, they play Southampton next week. What can Leicester expect from that one? You know, I think, I think if, I mean, the atmosphere was, again, absolutely immense down at the King Pass Stadium. So I think if, if the crowd is up for it like that and the, the team come out, out the gates like they did on Saturday again, I think we've got every chance of beating Southampton. It's going to be one of the tougher games that we've had. Uh, they're a decent side. Um, perhaps drifting to the last couple of games with not too much to play for themselves. So a, a little bit like they were at Sunderland, they didn't look too brilliant, but uh, it'll be tough. A lot tougher than Newcastle, who seem to capitulate. Newcastle were very disappointing for me on Saturday. I expected them to come with a little bit of a fight and, and put up a little bit of something, uh, but they just rolled over, didn't they? No, I've got to be fair, they were, they were pathetic, really. I felt I didn't know whether to feel sorry for their fans or cross at their fans for the pretty much slaves in the... The, the chairman from the before the kickoff, the man driving around outside ground saying, "Get Ashley out." dot com. Um, the players were were pretty disgraceful. Even not even fifty fifty balls, but sixty forty balls in their favour. They were they were bottling out of and the, and fair play to Leicester. We wanted it way way more than they did. So yeah, Newcastle. The whole club seems on its knees, and lots of people are saying. Newcastle are dropping like a stone. It'll be going down and not Leicester or Sunderland. To be fair, I have to say on Saturday, I wouldn't rule that out. You mentioned the atmosphere a, a little early on. What is your view on the clappers, Phil? Some people say they're cringeworthy. Other people say they create a brilliant atmosphere. The opinion's quite split. So what's yours? Like, oh, I think most people are saying that they do. They are well worth having and they do create a great atmosphere. For me, they're... they're I, I I dread the day when they're not there now because I think the atmosphere would suddenly drift right back to a, a lot lot quieter. And having them there, the atmosphere, the, the the noise levels is just immense throughout the whole game. You've got most of the crowd joining in all the time for ninety minutes. So yeah, for me, it's a given. I've, some fans on uh, Facebook have have commented that maybe they need to for next season invent a plastic clap that's almost 
attached somehow to the chair so that they're there as a permanent fixture. And to be fair, it's not the worst idea. I think they're brilliant. Do you like them, Owen? <laughs> well, I, I think they create a, a decent atmosphere at the King Power Stadium. That's something that maybe hasn't been around at points in the last few years. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, for me, I, I, I went down to Filbert Street for many years and that was a the atmosphere in games. But I think the King Power now, when you've got 30,000 Leicester fans all all singing and chanting and, and clapping together, is is a really intimidating atmosphere. And I know that I know that the Chelsea uh, fans again on Twitter were grumbling, saying that it wasn't very fair because they couldn't get any songs out. But that's what you want. You don't want to hear again. The Newcastle fans barely heard them on the on Saturday. So it's what we want. We want the, it to be a cauldron of noise and it must it must be having an impact on the players. Thank you very much for joining us here on the 100% LCFC podcast, Phil. Appreciate your time. No problems. Look forward to uh, the game on Saturday against Southampton. Let's hope it's three massive, massive points, Owen. If you want to win a 100% LCFC t-shirt, then just play our competition every match day on our Twitter and Facebook forums. All you have to do is guess the first goal scorer and the correct score. Now, in just less than 30 days, the 100% LCFC admin team will be walking out on the King Power Stadium pitch alongside you, the fans of Leicester City. Yes, that is right. We have booked out the whole pitch for one match on FA Cup final day. That's the 30th of May, if you're wondering, and you can be part of it. All you have to do is head over to www.leicesterfantv.com and find events where you'll be able to find out all the information about the match. It is an incredible opportunity to make sure you get your ticket as they are selling out very very fast you can watch all the latest on-screen interviews with city legend alan young and our chief editor phil holloway on our 100 lcfc youtube channel but that is all we've got time for for episode 23 of the 100 lcfc podcast It's been a massive pleasure to have you along and I hope you've enjoyed and make sure you do get in contact with the show. We'd love to hear from you if you'd like to get involved. You can find all of the contact details in the description of this track. I'll be back on Hermitage FM this week. That's Wednesday, 4 till 6pm, where I'll be chatting to a local band, Blood Sugar, and playing some great tracks. So join me if you can. You can also keep up to date with Phil Holloway on the 100% LCFC YouTube channel with all videos Leicester City, of course. And make sure you keep one eye on the website as well. That's www.leicesterfantv.com. It's a fantastic website. But that's all for now, and it's all from me, and we'll be back next Monday here on the 100% LCFC podcast. And remember that Foxes never quit. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment. 
to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.